0: Welcome to the latest episode of the keeping pace podcast. I'm your host Mike Murrow. Laura Oak is my latest guest Laura and I talked the week of the Chicago Marathon. We talked about how having a run community helped her deal with an injury during this training block balancing fitness in life. And of course, the Chicago Marathon. I really enjoyed getting to know Laura and I think you will too. enjoy the conversation. Laura, thanks for coming on this morning. How's it going?
1: Thanks for having me, Mike. It's going well. How are you?
0: Doing pretty well. Getting ready uh, for Chicago Marathon Week.
1: <laughs> yes, it is especially race week.
0: Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling?
1: I feel may, mo, mo, mainly nervous, but I think I'm getting a little bit more excited now. It's the week of... Um, it's, I feel like some months, like when we first started training went by kind of slowly. And now I feel like the last couple of weeks have just flown by and I feel like I need more time. Um, but I think I'm getting I'm getting to the point of excitement now that, you know, more things are you know out there and people are talking more about, you know, race day and there's a countdown happening. It feels a little bit more real, which is also very exciting.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like the last two weeks of training are always like, they can be like a little bit of a drag and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's here, time to go. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I know you were for a while. You were you were dealing with an injury.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually why I feel more nervous than I do excited. So I, I I feel like the injury has still been lingering. Um, so I have like a sprained MCL that occurred probably like end of June, beginning of July. So I took July off, and then um, like from running, and then when I came back from taking time off, it was still bothering me. So then I started seeing a physical therapist and have since that's been really helpful, but I feel like I lost a month of training. And so I think that's where my nerves are kind of kicking in as like, Oh, I, I wish I had another whole month of training, but I also want to trust the training process so far in terms of like, I've still been able to thankfully run, you know, while still battling this like little injury and just hoping that, you know, come race day, my injuries are, you know, the, the last thing on my mind as I, you know, kind of worry more about like the jitters that will be a good kind of way of redirecting my energy.
0: Yeah, it looks like, I mean, fingers crossed, you know, the last month or so things have been pretty good so you know hopefully that, yeah, that keeps going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I feel like now we're like a lot of us are just in that stage where like there's just aches and pains everywhere you know it's like if it's not your knee it's like your ankle if it's like or your hip like something is just we're at that point where it's like the end of training where at least I feel like I have random aches and pains in different parts of my legs and so I'm like I just need to make it to a race day make it to the start line and then just kind of see how it goes
0: true I always say you know my number one goal is getting to the start line healthy. So, the yeah, only way you, the only way you can really have other goals.
1: <laughs> yeah, are you racing Chicago too?
0: I am doing Chicago. It's like, okay. it's, how
1: are you it's, feeling?
0: I'm I'm feeling pretty good. It's the training has been like different than I have done in the past. Like I ran a little bit more, but my mileage was less than it has been. So I'm curious okay. to see how that pays off. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a little nervous because you know race days like. You show up, you never know what can happen, but.
1: Yeah. And like, I've been stalking the weather app probably too much, but I'm like, so far the weather's good. It's not going to be raining, which is really my main thing. I was like, lately I've been getting caught in like rain for like random parts of runs. And so I'm just looking forward to like no rain. Like I'm okay if it's like a little hotter or a little colder. I just want it to be dry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I hear that because like, yeah, one of the last times I saw you running, we were out uh what well, that one day where it it rained like way harder than they said it was going to
1: yeah yeah it was like 30 percent chance rain and then I got out there and I was like well now it's like downpouring so this is a 100 percent chance rain
0: yeah not fun but I'm with you no rain is always always the best yes fingers um,
1: crossed and toes crossed
0: <laughs> um so one of the reasons I wanted to you know have you on is just to hear hear more about your kind of your run journey and how you got started. So just you know, actually, we're skip that first. We skip the intro. <laughs> Let's give give okay. a little bit of an intro on yourself. Then I'll ask you how you got started. Oh, yeah. Okay, running.
1: Sure. Um, I'm Laura Oak. I am originally from Chicago, so grew up here, um, and I went to so. I guess let me backtrack. So I was born in France, um, and so I moved actually to Chicago when I was five. My family um, ended up refugeeing into France from the Cambodian genocide. So I am the daughter of refugees, Um, and so we resettled in Chicago. I grew up here, um, and then went to off to college. in Ohio and then lived out there for a little bit before making my way back to Chicago. I'm an educator, so I work in the education system. I'm really trying to, you know, make a difference for like students who, you know, have similar experiences as me as first generation, low income growing up here. And so that's really been kind of like my main professional and also personal experience of just being, like, contributing to um, Chicago. And then in terms of my running background with that. So I actually started um, running in in like elementary school. I was one of those kids in gym class that the gym teachers quickly realized I was really bad at every sport. Um, But I was really good at doing the suicides and really good at like the mild time trial and like all the little things that involved just running. But when it came to like anything involving a sports ball, like I always had the reflex of running away from the sports ball rather than trying to catch it. Um, And that actually still is a reflex that I have. So I'm just not meant to play sports other than just running. And so I've I've been able to kind of continue on with my running journey. And like my running journey has kind of been very intertwined with like my life journey as like life has gone on. So I ended up running uh, track through uh, grade school, high school, and then Division three college, um, and then um, took a little bit of a break um, a couple of years after college, and then actually just recently got back into running more in the last like couple of years. And so, yeah, that's a little bit, little bit of a background there. Feel free to, if you want me to go into any more details again.
0: Remind me again, when did you say you, because you said you moved to France, and then when did you come to the U.S.?
1: Oh, so I was born in France and then I moved to, yeah, born in France. Mm -hmm. Um, So my family um, escaped from the Cambodian genocide in Cambodia and took refuge in France. And then that's where I was born and lived there. And then uh, for the first several years of my life, moved to Chicago when I was five uh, and then have since been here in the U.S.
0: Nice. When, uh, when did you, where did you grow up in Chicago?
1: So I, when we first got here, we were in Rogers Park, and then I ended up going to uh, Evanston schools. So kind of being right on that cusp of uh, Chicago and the burbs, which I know you live Rogers Park, right? I do,
0: yeah. You're the you're the okay. second, <laughs> second Rogers Park resident on this podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's like when you're just that far up north, it's like it's like yes, yeah, like suburbia, but like also Chicago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So. What was I mean? What was your like growing up like, like moving moving here at such a young age and then having to adjust to like a, a whole new a whole new life really?
1: Yeah, um, it was definitely it definitely had its challenges. I I just remember like like it wasn't until maybe like fifth sixth grade that I actually felt like I was fluent in English. So kind of having to learn another language in in a place where like no one really knew how to like necessarily support me like granted now there's so much more resources for uh English language learners but at the time it was very much like oh you are coming here from a country that we don't necessarily have supports for but also you have this whole like background of like essentially trauma like not really knowing how to navigate like the school system with parents who you know like we're just trying to survive and so they weren't necessarily like the most supportive in ways and so I really had to rely on like the school systems which in a way like I had some amazing educators that kind of supported me along the way but they also were some educators that didn't necessarily like they didn't really support me but a lot of it could have came from like not knowing how to support someone who is in this like circumstance and so being able to kind of take that experience like growing up to be like to be part of the reason why I became an educator today really to kind of really give back to like the system, you know, that has helped me in some ways. And also like, you know, kind of help fill in the gaps where like it didn't help me in some ways either.
0: And, you know, we'll connect this to running in what ways did running help? Cause you know, it sounds like you, there were lots of challenges, yes. there, but you like your, you said your teachers kind of helped you find running a little bit. So I'm just curious to see how do you think it it helped you like transition a little easier?
1: yeah. I think running has been really like therapeutic, I think, from the very beginning. Like I think as a kid, you know, you're like trying to just juggle all the things, but there's also like all these other like family factors, environmental factors that like at the time I didn't realize were like very intense until I like older. So I actually am really appreciative for those like gym teachers and the random like coaches that just kind of were like, you should just run to like, you know, not only because you are like better at that than like catching and throwing a ball, but also I think they saw that as like a way and I, I look back now and I'm like, oh, that was a way for me to kind of navigate my feelings as like a kid, as a teenager, as like a young adult, adult, etc. Like I think running really served as like a purpose for like kind of not escaping, but like being able to kind of Put my mind on something else and like focus on just like I'm just trying out the trip. I'm just running. And it's therapeutic. It makes me feel better, especially after. It's not sometimes not during as much, depending on you know how I'm feeling. But I think running has really helped me navigate like my mental health, along with also the you know benefits of physical health. But I think running has kind of helped me a lot with like my journey of like figuring out like who I am, how I can contribute to like my own family, but also my own community, the the city, etc. So I, I really do think. Running for kind of helping me navigate, like you know, the whole journey of life, basically.
0: And when when did you yourself figure out that you're like, hey, I'm I'm kind of good at this, and maybe I can you know run at a higher level?
1: Um, I think maybe like probably sometime in like high school, like middle school, high school. Like I, I was very fortunate to have some amazing coaches that basically were like, you know, like like essentially another set of like 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 uh parental like you know role models and so I think their guidance has really kind of helped me like like I still like I still keep in touch with some of them which is amazing and so I think they the combination of like having good relationships like on the team and like wanting to actually be there because maybe being at home wasn't that great being at school you know isn't always that most fun but I always looked forward to you know being at practice and being at meets and then just from spending a lot of time because I liked the people I was around and like the community that was built there, but also figuring out like, oh, like I can actually like actually improve my times and like actually get faster and actually get stronger. And like that also kind of goes hand in hand with like wanting to be there in community with people. And so I think once I realized, you know, in like in in middle school, going to different track meets and like being able to like, you know, actually improve my time see where I crossed in the finish line like being in the top of you know some races like that was really motivating to like continue on and like give me that sense of like purpose with running rather than just kind of you know running to run so that was really nice and that obviously continued into being able to you know fortunately run you know in college as well
0: and I forget I know we've talked about this like super briefly but what events did you run in high school and then eventually what did you run in college
1: <laughs> yeah so I mainly was a like Like considered like a long, long sprinter, mid-distance. I was a four hundred runner, four hundred meter runner, and so um, that's mainly what I ran in uh, throughout grade school and high school. And then I also picked up cross country in college or in high school, mainly just for conditioning for track. And then I ended up running both uh, cross country and track in college, Um, which like now I I think it's insane because I'm like here I am like voluntarily running more than like, you know, six miles when like that was like a long run in like college Um, because, you know, the 5K is, is the main race in cross country. And so Um, And then in college, I mainly stuck with the 400 four by four um, and dabbled a little bit in the 200 meter uh, towards the end of college as well. So this is a big shift from running short distances to voluntarily running for hours at a time. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I always wonder like how that works, because like I I coach cross country and like I help with track at my school now. So I wonder if there are any of those kids on my team that will eventually like. One day go on to do that. Obviously, they don't have to, but I'm like, because some of them think they're like, oh, 400. Like, it's so far. <laughs> i mean it's a hard that's
1: literally still me now i literally like even with like some of our like speed workouts i'm like oh my gosh two mile repeats like oh and then i'm like oh a 400 repeat i could do that like it's still i think i'm mentally still trying to adjust myself to being like oh i can like be like a long distance runner like an endurance runner versus like oh i'd love to just sprint on the track once and like be done for the day but i feel like as adults and we don't have you know track meets like how you know we do like 5k and up races so it's just kind of like we almost have to adjust ourselves to like longer distances if we want to keep running
0: this is this is kind of an aside but maybe next summer you should if you're really interested in doing like a 400 i think the university of of chicago actually does all comers meets so if you were ever interested in, in trying the four again maybe next summer you can look into that
1: yeah i'd definitely look into that Definitely remind me once next summer, once we get closer to next summer, because I I actually didn't know that was a thing. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, some of our our athletic director takes some of our kids to it occasionally. He always pitches it to them if they're interested in doing it. so I think a couple of people have done it.
1: That's great. Coming out of retirement, it might be a little rusty. I feel like there's a reason why we as we age we uh gear more towards longer distances that are a little slower versus the shorter faster ones that you know like maybe our muscles just aren't as warmed up or as in tuned anymore over the years
0: <laughs> um so something you mentioned about your high school and college experience is like the community and being around people that you know you wanted to that were fun to be around and kind of helped enhance the experience you know since you've graduated and you've got now gotten into longer distances and you're with you run with our group what do you think is kind of the importance of having a run community
1: yeah that's a good question I think I mean running is is such an interesting sport in itself I feel like it's a very like individual sport while also like a team sport at the same time and so I think like for me having so it's been my 10-year college uh, reunion was actually this past a couple months ago. So now that it's been like 10 years post, like having, you know, that like built in like team community from being on a track team and a cross country team, like I think having that sense of community has really like it really makes it like, kind of makes or breaks like, you know, how, how like consistent, at least I've been like, I think back to like when I first graduated college, um, I like I dabbled a little bit in like half marathons and like a couple of fun races. But I was going off of like the, you know, misconception of like, well, I've been like a runner this entire time. I can definitely just transition to long distance running and be fine and like didn't properly train or fuel. And like that I was already coming off of being, you know, kind of burnt out from running um, all those years competitively. And then like trying to also suddenly switch to long distances without proper training, like burn me out even more. And I think I look back now and I'm like, I also didn't have like a sense of community then. Like I wasn't running with a group of people. I was kind of just doing it really on my own. And so then my relationship with running just didn't end up being really a positive one. And so that's also why I took a little bit of a break where I was still running here or there for a little bit, but mainly just focusing on like working out like in the gym and like kind of throwing in some running until more recently when I realized like, well, I actually really miss running. Like running kind of has helped me figure out like who I am like all these years and like re-engaging now in the last couple of years with like a sense of like I need to find people you know who also are crazy enough to wake up at like 4 35 a.m and like go for a run before work and like actually want to like you know do Saturday morning runs and like that has really made a difference in like me wanting to continue to run and also just like seeing it like having all these different connections throughout the city, like seeing how small our running community is throughout the city has really made it feel like if I'm running on the lakefront trail, like if I'm running on my own, I could possibly see, you know, people I know, like how I've seen you before on the trail, like if I'm not running with a group. And so that makes it feel less lonely. And like, that makes it feel more like the sense of like, I want to keep doing this because like other people are in it with me, like. I'm doing this and it's hard, but like, it's also hard for everyone else. And we're still kind of motive, motivating ourselves by just being out there. And so that's kind of really helps me figure out like, you know, like the wanting to come back into running and stay in, in running after taking a little bit of like, you know, a mini break um, from having been like burnt out and like not necessarily enjoying running um, as much as I like wanted to. So it's been really nice, even with this injury that I've been having, like I still am like enjoying the, the ability to run I think a lot of it comes back to like I have a community I can like look forward to certain days of the week where I can like run with people and even when I'm running on my own like that's also a good balance and I still look forward to like doing all the different types of runs
0: yeah and then even within that community like I've something I've noticed like especially in Chicago like it's it's growing there's like different groups that are more non more non-white I guess is like is what I'm Mm -hmm. trying to say so in, 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 in a sport where sometimes you know people of color don't always feel welcome How, what you know what are some ways that we can kind of as it as it continues to get better what are some ways we can continue to bring people of color in and make them feel like a little bit more welcomed
1: yeah i mean i think at this point it's it's pretty obvious right like endurance running is a very white dominant uh sport like i like I know, especially once I, you know, even going into college, I, I realized like, oh, I'm like one of the few Asians in the space. Like I could very easily, you know, count the number of people I see that like look like me. And so, and like, cause it's, it was very few. And so I think like, that is something that I've noticed too, like having, you know, moved out of Chicago and then returning back to Chicago and kind of getting back into running, like seeing the, like, the running community change a little bit, like for the better. I think now there's so many different you know, run clubs that have all the different interests, whether it's by neighborhood, whether it's by like, um, you know, cultural like similarities, racial similarities, which is really nice because I think like, like being able to run is really, it's truly a privilege, right? Like we, like, I think a lot of people always joke around like, oh, like running is the cheapest sport. Like, and like, oh, it's the easiest thing to pick up. All you need is like a pair of running shoes, but there's so many other things that come with just with being able to run. Like, it's like Like we know like Chicago is very uh, diverse, but it's also very segregated. And we think about the different neighborhoods and how like sometimes it's not safe for people just to like walk out their door and start running, right? Like some people have to like drive to certain parts of the, the city where they feel safe enough to run depending on the time of day as well. Like there's all these different other factors that make running not accessible to people. And unfortunately, it's not accessible to a lot of communities of color across our city. And so I think now that we have these different established run clubs, it's really exciting to see that like really cater towards like different communities and different neighborhoods or like finding like a common ground of like, yes, all of us are are having to commute a little bit, but we're at least all going to meet in this location and like have each other or like being able to actually pick, you know, like our many park districts to be able to meet at and like run. I think that is like a definitely a good step in the direction of like making it so we're diversifying our running community more. Um, And also just, I think like, accessibility is huge right like I think being able to not only just be out here running but also making it a point to like if we're in spaces where like you know people don't necessarily look like us like making the effort to like get to know people rather than just kind of kind of keeping to ourselves it's very easy like in the running community to kind of stick with the people that you know because like oh maybe you ran with them for a little bit maybe you just happen to live in the same neighborhood and you see them all around the block but I think like a push that I always always have for myself but I also encourage other people of, like just being able to like approach people and just like getting to know people who like maybe it's the first time you've seen them in that like running space and like you're not really sure like if it's their first time if they're visiting like because that could really make a difference as to like whether they come back or whether they actually keep running and like you don't know like where people are coming from especially when we think about people of color where like it's already like you know this like like line or like boundary that we already have to like step across to be able to be like okay I feel comfortable like running and I think like that's a lot of times like why I think when I first started running on my like on my own after college like I had a hard time kind of finding communities because like not necessarily because I felt like I like didn't like you know fit in because I walked into the space and I found out I was like one of the few people of color but it was more just like I think people not really making the initiative of like you know like getting to know other people like from both ends right the people coming into spaces as well as the people that are in the spaces um, that are already existing if that makes sense.
0: No, it it does, and I I think your your point about you know just introducing yourself to someone you might not know is a big one because I think it I think it's important because people feel welcome they will come back even if they mm-hmm. just met that that one person because now they'll feel like yeah. okay i kind of know that one person maybe i'll meet other people
1: yeah yeah because it's really all about the connections it's like once you meet one person it kind of just snowball effects into like meeting all you know everyone else and like the the group that you're running with or like the person that you see at like the water stop and like how they can introduce you to other people it's like it's essentially just like a fun way of networking that then you know like can lead into social and professional connections too i think it's just really important to just be able to like be open and like i always like to think like best intentions of people like you know sometimes people are just in Certain types of moves are like not having the greatest day. And so like thinking about introducing themselves to someone may not be top of mind, but I always like to think that it's just always nice when, you know, the person you're running next to like says hi to you instead of just like awkwardly running next to you for however many miles that you're you know you're running in the group with.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is a small thing I do, but, you know, I run mostly on the north side because you know that's where i am but mm-hmm. you know when i see yeah. like someone who looks like me you know i just try and give them a little wave just to just to acknowledge them and hope they're just you know we're out here together even though we're not mm-hmm. running at the same time
1: i get that yeah sometimes i do that too i'm like oh <laughs> hello which i'm like i always wonder if people think that's like weird but like i also just like to wave in general at people i'm like oh you're also crazy enough to be out here especially if the weather is like a little crazy like oh yes it's raining and you're out here too great
0: and kind of relating back to what we just talked about what was you know what were your did you have most i'm did you have mostly positive experiences in high school and college with um with your teammates I mean, I don't know where you went to high school, but I assume in Evanston, it was like a little bit more diverse, but, you know, I think you said you went to high school, college in Ohio, and that was probably yeah. a slightly different experience.
1: It was, it almost kind of feels like a um, reverse, like culture shock for me. Cause like, you're right. Like Um, like I went to Evanston Township High School, um, go wild kids. And so I, I was in a very like more like I was in a a very diverse setting, like even like our track team um, was very diverse. And so while I was one of the few Asians um, on the team, I like didn't necessarily stand out because like as much because there were other people of color as well on our team. And so I actually felt more of a sense of community like that really felt like family. Um, And then same with the cross country teams as well. Like it wasn't as uh, diverse, but there was still enough of like that sense of community because a lot of us also did track. Um, So just being kind of like the year round athletes, just running all year. Um, And so I had a good sense of like community that way of just like being with the same, you know, people and kind of, you know, what, what, and when we weren't running, we were strength and conditioning with like our teammates. And so having that kind of be really like, I think back, I'm like, yeah, I guess my identity was mainly like always connected with being on the track team. But like, I think that's also what made it feel like family. But then um, I went off to um, Denison University in Ohio, and that's a small liberal arts school, um, where that felt a little bit more of a shock to the system. um, Because at that point, that's when I really realized how much of a white dominant sport uh, cross country um, mainly is. And then also with track as well, um, being in college there. So it was a predominantly white um, institution that also reflected in how the teams looked as well. And so I, I think back and I have less of a sense of community with my uh, college experience than I do with my high school experience, even though college was more recent. Um, and I think a lot of it just has to do with like, I mean, I had some amazing teammates, like, you know, my teammates were great, but I think it was just the, 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 the lack of like, I guess, commonalities, because like at that point, like I was, you know, in the liberal arts school where it was a nice mix of people who were a little bit more, you know, affluent. And then those of us who um, were there with lots of scholarships and financial aid and just, you know, really trying to like, like we, you know, like I had like work study jobs and we really just kind of paying and like paying our way to be able to go through school versus like not everyone had that same experience um, on our team. And so I think that, The differences were, I think, a little bit more heightened, um, I'd say, in college, where that kind of interfered with the sense of community um, because, like, you know, I didn't always have as much free time when I wasn't at practice or in classes because I had to work. Um, And so, like, that kind of made the sense of community feel um, connected, but in, like, a different sense of, like, oh, yes, like, we're teammates, but at the same time, like, we are different. Um, And that was very obvious versus, I think, in high school, it was like, yes, our teammates were different, but we're at the same time, we all have a similarity of kind of growing up, like where we are and like being able to still balance out life. And so those two experiences really kind of have helped me figure out like what I like want to see in like a running community and like what like and also like my contributions into the running community because of those experiences, like, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, the, you know, everything in between.
0: And that also kind of I feel like, you know, you mentioned it earlier, it also kind of ties to your career now, I mean, what what exactly you know do you do for you know for work? Because I'm I'm actually, I'm curious about that because I think all of this kind of ties <laughs> together.
1: Yes, um so I'm in education. I've been in the ed- education field for this is my eleventh year in it. So I actually was a classroom teacher for uh, nine years. So I did three years working um, in Columbus. Schools, and then uh, the rest of the years working here in Chicago for Noble Schools, um, and then now I work more in like administrative uh, leadership for Noble Schools, and so I work primarily, you know, with our Black and Brown students across Chicago, uh, primarily on like the West Sides and South Sides of the city, um, just kind of helping get them, you know, to and through college um, and just being able to kind of break the intergenerational, like, you know, cycles of life that, you know, we sometimes find ourselves in and like being able to actually choose their narratives and being able to, you know, be successful individuals to contribute into society, whether it be, you know, their communities, Chicago, the greater uh, landscape and all that. So that's what I do. Um, So full-time I work in like like post-secondary you know, preparation for students like getting them into college through college if they aren't looking into college providing them with the supports to be able to um you know, going to trade schools, job training, military, etc. My educational background is in special education. And so that's also what I did for a little bit as well as working with students, um, you know, who, um, need some additional supports, but are still very capable of doing, you know, just as much, if not more than their, uh, peers. And then I also do a good amount of like educational policy work, um, with like Asian American history and kind of pushing, um, or you know, are, are preparing and pushing the Asian American history curriculums into schools. And so, for context, um, I had the opportunity to be um, on the steering committee for the TEACH Act. Um, uh, so a couple years ago, I represented the Cambodian Association of Illinois, and, uh, and this was led by Asian Americans Advancing Justice Chicago. And we uh, were able to pass the TEACH Act, which requires that uh, Illinois public schools starting last school year require Asian American history be taught in all public schools in Illinois. So we are the first state to require that. And so that has kind of really kind of combined to my personal and like professional experiences of like one, the personal experience of having gone through the Illinois public school system and like how like my sense of identity was, you know, tied to our, like what I was learning in school and also what I was not learning in school. Um, and then being you know, a professional in the education field, being able to contribute with, you know, creating lesson plans for teachers to be able to teach, you know, the history like correctly and accurately in schools has been something that I've been still continuing to do today in terms of just like helping implement this law that has been put into our school system. Um, so that kind of ties into like, you know, the advocacy work that I, I do on the side in terms of also making you know us visible in like the running community as well
0: yeah and then I um so you know you know Michael Bronson yeah yeah he's he's one of the first people he's like he's like you should have Laura on and he's like she has a a really good it's like she has a really good Instagram and he's like I find it very interesting and I've like learned a lot (laughs) from it
1: Oh, that's great! <laughs> that's so good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, so I created my Instagram. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, that was I was good, basically gonna you know try and tie that to your the Instagram page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually created my Instagram handles. So I, I have a personal account, but this is my like you know fitness running account that's kind of turned a little bit educational. So I actually started it in um 2017, and initially my goal then was just like, okay, here I am, like getting back into running after taking some years, you know, a way to kind of get into a better like mindset with running and like feeling like I like want to run versus having to run. Um, cause that was kind of like that shift in mindset I needed to make to actually enjoy running again after the burnout. Um, And so I started the account more so as like, okay, like, let me hold myself accountable, see who's in this, you know, like fitness community, running community. Um, But then I also wanted to tie in a little bit of the educational piece, realizing that, like, especially coming out of college, where I realized like a lot of people didn't really know, you know, who Asians like are in terms of just like, not only like are we like, you know, like different within our umbrella term of Asian Americans and Asians, but like, there's just like a lot of different pieces of like, things that information that people didn't know. And a lot of it's like, you know, it's not necessarily for us to feel blame. I think about like our, like at least like I can't speak for all educational journeys. but I know like a lot of people's journeys through school, we didn't really learn about Asian and Asian American history um, and like how, you know, Asian Americans have contributed to US history. And so a lot of it is just like, we just don't have the information to know. And then like the lack of information sometimes, you know, creates biases in people based on like what they are surrounded by. And so I wanted to, kind of highlight like you know my own personal experiences in the educational sense um in 2017 like bring elements of like here's like you know who Cambodian Americans are here's like what we've gone through and here's how we ended up in the U.S. and like here's kind of how our lives have been and like how that's a little different from like this monolithic like you know image that people have kind of grouped all Asian Americans together in. Um, but then I ended up taking a little bit of a, a break from it because social media is a lot, a lot, to balance. And so I ended up only doing it for a little bit and then just recently picked it back up this past year. And so like my, you know, my handles, you know, run to educate with the two as the number there. And really it's like trying to mix like my, my like interest and love for like fitness and running with also realizing that like in a lot of spaces in the running world, like, like Asians are still, you know few in numbers and like how can people when they encounter us not assume that we are all the same and like what you know like in assuming best intentions of like maybe people just don't know so let me try to like start with some factual fridays and like kind of give little like bits of like information that's like sticky that's short enough for people to really remember so that like as they start learning a little bit more unpacking like you know like their their information or like or what they know or what they don't know, like I'm hoping to like be able to at least give them the space of like learning and like you know not necessarily feeling like they have to like interview every person that they meet to like learn more about them, but like being able to also just learn by also, I want to also show just how interconnected different communities are. I think for so long, like society has kind of pinned, you know, Asians against especially other communities of color. And like when we see that in the running world of like, we have, you know, our communities of color that are growing in number and growing and like taking up more space. I also want to make sure that people, you know, aren't, aren't continuing on with those like unfortunate like, you know, biases and stereotypes and actually being able to like break down those barriers of like, you know, lack of information with, or misinformation with like actual information about how like our communities are really interconnected and like the ultimate goal is to be able to like, you know, all work together, contribute together in society rather than trying to continue to be pinned up against each other. Um, And so that's really like long story long, just like why I've kind of continued on with, you know, my like Instagram, and then also helped with like marathon training, being able to hold myself accountable too. Of like, here's what I'm doing with our weekly recaps. And like, you know, along with throwing in some factual, you know, information so that like, in spaces where Asian Americans are, you know, still few in number, but growing, um, like people are at least able to kind of break down their biases a little bit before it like, you know, so trying to be proactive versus like reactive, hopefully, um, especially coming out of this pandemic where it's been, you know, it's been a really rough couple of uh, years with the heightened, um, you know, hate crimes and like more sensitivity to the anti-Asian hate.
0: Yeah. And, and I was in that one of the things that came to mind as you were kind of explaining why you started and why you do it is like, do you feel... Do you feel like pressured to run the account, are you, are you enjoying it? Like, th- do you feel like you're representing all Asians in that way, or is it, like, is it a lot on you?
1: It's not a lot on me. I actually like. I- I'm like a like. I- I'm like a factual nerd. Like, I love like learning about like little facts about like everything and anyone and like and so for me it's not pressure like in that sense where I'm like oh I have to like you know do this like I actually enjoy doing it because at the same time I'm also learning too like I feel like um you, you just never really stop learning and I think maybe that's because maybe it's the educator in me like I feel like there's always opportunities to keep learning and like I enjoy being able to like figure out what I'm going to be posting next in terms of like maybe like what's like relevant right like what month are we in what like, what holidays are coming up what weeks like what societal events are happening that this might be useful information for people but i also don't want to like overload people because i know like right like it's like it can be heavy at times to get a lot of information i think sometimes that turns people off and so i'm trying to make it very bite-sized as much as possible because i just want people to at least learn a little bit and like walk away with like a little bit more knowledge of like you know what is happening in the day to day of like, you know, Asian Americans in terms of like what's happening around certain months, certain holidays, certain like, you know, times of the year. And so, really, my goal is like, I don't know necessarily like if I'm, I feel like I'm representing all of the, you know, the AAPI community, but my goal is to at least get the information out there. Like, I have, you know, I'm fortunate to have the ability to do a lot of this educational um, and educational policy work, you know, as like my professional career and so like i want to be able to like share that wealth of information um in all the spaces that i'm in because i feel like a lot of like you know being able to be more inclusive and be more diverse shouldn't just be something we do at work it should be something that like if we're truly passionate about and we want to actually make that difference and see that difference happen like we've got to kind of do it in all the spaces we're in um and like that's just my like you know really goal of being able to have these like little factual friday posts of just like here's what i know just from doing this or here's what i just learned and found out and i want to share it with everyone else um because then it's like even if you don't identify as asian american or pacific islander um you may still find this information useful like or even if you don't necessarily have a lot of asians around you um we all travel you know the city the country the world like at some point you're gonna interact with people who look different than you and it's really important to like be aware of like whatever you know or don't know and like kind of check yourself and like having bits of pieces of information that you know is readily available for you hopefully will help kind of break down those barriers of like, you know, being able to start conversations and like have the best intentions in mind.
0: No. And I, I think it's super helpful. I'm glad you enjoy learning because I think it is fun to like learn new facts. And I I always enjoy learning new mm-hmm. facts. And you know, part of the reason I asked is like, is when people of color are in spaces where it's majorly white or majority of people that don't look like them. Sometimes, you know, they'll get asked questions where they'll be like, why does such and such do this? And like, well, you know, and it's like you said, we're, we're not all the same. So hopefully, yeah. like, hopefully, like the people who are, you know, tuned to your Instagram can, it's one way they can learn, hey, you know, just because this is one person doesn't mean they're gonna mm-hmm. represent an entire community.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely get that. I think it's very easy um, to sometimes feel like the weight, like, you know, rest on your shoulders to be that, like, representative, like, and I've definitely felt myself in different spaces where, like, I've had to remind people, like, I am not blank type of Asian. I I don't know, like, right, like, and just having to, like, kind of remind people that But I think I'm trying to take it more in like the positive light of like, I'm just going to assume that people truly just don't know and like want to know, but just don't know where to start. And so like, I don't have a large following on Instagram. That's not my main goal, right? I'm just whoever wants to see it can see it. And just like being able to hopefully also like alleviate that like pressure off of me of just like here's, like here's just some like general information. Like sometimes they're more specific, sometimes they're not. um Just because like, I like hope that, then people can take those pieces of information and like in social settings and professional settings, wherever they may be, kind of have that piece of information in their back of their minds that are versing with people who don't necessarily look like them or people who are from the same, you know, Asian American community, but have, you know, but are still different. And like knowing that like, yes, there's some like inside jokes that are like relevant, like in terms of like how we all view ourselves as Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, but there's also some that aren't and like being mindful of that too. I think sometimes like I find myself, you know, in situations where I'm like, oh, just because we're all Asian American doesn't mean we actually all have a lot in common. We actually still have a lot not in common. And so like, also, reminding our own fellow asian americans and pacific islanders that like this is still a growing opportunity for people and like we don't want the weight to weigh all on ourselves but then we also have to like you know be able to and be open to actually contributing back into society especially in spaces where we are you know one of the few and so kind of taking the positive spin but you're right there are times where like it does feel a little heavy to be um in spaces where you're like, oh, I'm one of the few, like I know in the education world, like, you know, only 2% of educators are Asian American. And so like, I already have kind of, I guess, gotten used to being, you know, in those spaces where I feel like I have to like make a point to be like, I'm here, but I'm also not a representative of everyone. And that's something I always like to remind even like, you know, educators who are coming to our, you know, uh, professional development training sessions, like getting ready to teach Asian American history of just reminding them that like your one student in there that happens to identify as Asian American is not going to be the spokesperson for everything you cover in American history and the US history. Like, please remember that, right? We don't go around asking like, or we shouldn't go around asking people like to tell the whole, you know, timeline of like their own cultural background, because sometimes we don't know. And that's okay to like, keep learning
0: um and a completely a little bit of a different note but to tie a little Mm -hmm. bit back to running have you thought of getting in the (laughs) coaching
1: um I have actually I just am trying to figure out like capacity wise what I can do so I actually did coach um track and cross country for a little bit at the high at the high school level um and I just haven't done it in several years the Last school I was at, I coached cross-country for a little bit, but then, um, you know how sports sometimes go in Chicago with budgeting and numbers. Um, So the cross-country team ended up kind of dissipating, and so we no longer had a cross-country team. But I did coach track for a little bit um, as well for um, a couple for a year, a couple years ago. And so I do have a certification that I'm probably inspired by now. Um, but it, that is something that has kind of, kind of like been in the back of my mind of like, Oh, as I'm getting more into running, I do want to at least get a little bit more, you know, couple races in a little bit more of like study, you know, like gradual improvement before I consider, um, coaching, but it is something that is in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah. I, it came to mind because I think, you know, it's one of the ways. You know, you said you're helping. You know, the Black and Brown community through various ways, and I think, you know, I don't. I honestly don't know a lot of coaches in the community from, you know, the AAPI community, and it's like, yeah, it's just the way that we get. I feel like that's one way. You know, maybe if we help, you know, younger kids, this if they get in the running. They're like, oh, maybe I can get good at this. Maybe. You know, they start valuing other things in school. And you know, someone with your background I think could be very valuable as a coach.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That's it is definitely something I've like kind of reconsidered now that I've gotten back into running of like, oh, that would because like it does make a difference, right? Like I even think about like like students in classrooms, but also like, you know, like kids, even like, you know, like people who are getting into running as adults, like it always helps to have someone who can relate to you in that sense of like the experience of having to like be in different spaces and like how to like adjust yourself to like feel like you fit in, but you also want to also hold on to your own identity. Um, so yeah, that is something I've considered. Um, but who knows, maybe I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, take it back up once, once marathon training is, is out of the way.
0: Yeah. Marathon training is, it is hard to do coaching and marathon training. I'm do, I'm doing it right now, but like, there are definitely some early mornings as a result of that.
1: Yeah. Props to you. I feel like I, yeah, like when I was coaching, um, at the high school level, I was not marathon training and that still felt like a lot. Cause it's like all of your like weekends are taken up all your like weekday afternoons are taken up. So I'm impressed that you've been able to juggle all the things.
0: Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, um, sure. so we've talked a lot about professional and running and, you know, work. But what are what are some things you do for fun outside of, you know, I guess, athletics and in your job?
1: Yeah, um, I enjoy food, which is I think is which in Chicago is great, right? There's so many different types of like places to try. So I love just being able to um like, and try different foods, go to different places throughout the city. Like I, I enjoy exploring our city in like, with like, either either through or actually a combination of like fitness and like, food, like, so whether it's like, okay, like, let's try um, a specific neighborhood and the different restaurant that just opened up in there, or whether it's like, Oh, let me like go for a nice long walk with some friends. And like, you know, also stop by this cute little like shop or restaurant that just opened up So kind of always kind of combining that active. I guess, lifestyle with the like love for food um that's kind of really what I like what I enjoy doing for fun like in terms of outside of work outside of when I'm just running or training for anything um I still find myself enjoying just being outside hanging out with my dogs like going for a walk um I am not someone who can play other sports I know like sometimes people will be like oh and I'm not running I'm like playing etc or this type of sport I'm like I literally just am not coordinated enough play other sports um and so that's usually I'm either running or you know doing something education related or just, you know, relaxing as much as I can to kind of balance out the, you know, the hustle and bustle of like, you know, the work life um, balance, which some months and weeks are easier than others. Uh, But I think now that with this week leading up to the race, I am noticing that I'm like, oh, I actually have like time. So I'll like, you know, go for a nice like long walk <laughs> after work instead of like figuring out like, did I eat enough to like be able to run later today? Um, so that's been really good of just like, I'm trying to be better of just having the balance too of like, i um, because I do genuinely enjoy and like love being able to run and like, you know, ha- being in spaces where I can run with people or run on my own. But I'm also trying to find like the balance of like, okay, well, I also want to be able to like maybe try cooking more things or try like, you know, go to different like restaurants restaurants um, and being more aware of like learning more I guess about different neighborhoods throughout our city and different communities that way.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a question I didn't ask is like how do you you balance balance running and you know your your career.
1: Yeah. Um like, yeah, I guess like I mentioned, like, some, sometimes I do a good job of it. Sometimes I feel like it's like, wow, I like feel like I just woke up and I'm already ready to go back to sleep. Um Honestly, especially as like the last couple of weeks of marathon training have I think we're at the at least I'm at the point where I'm just constantly tired and hungry all the time. And just like, um so the balance has, doesn't always feel very balanced, I guess, Um, some days and some weeks, depending on how like my schedule looks. But I do try to make a point of just like you know i want to also have some like downtime and like whether it's like you know the guilty pleasures of binge watching netflix um i'm unfortunately a sucker for some nice reality tv shows like um the bachelor love is blind like all those you know shows that are probably just so bad that are just like slowly you know my brain cells are probably shriveling every time it's just like nice to like disengage watch some fun shows realize that my life is not as dramatic on TV as that and then like the balance of like that with like the comfort of you know spending time with loved ones and like you know having fun things to do like around the city you know whether it's like like right now we have fall coming up so I'm looking forward to all like you know the fall related activities that come with being able to have like that social balance of between the running and the working
0: no i'm with you i love i love a good bad reality tv show (laughs) yeah i i spent spent at
1: least my life is not this bad
0: (laughs) no although i I spent an hour watching golden bachelor last thursday i don't know if you've started that at all
1: I need to actually catch up on it. I had so I had a late night with work the the night it released, and so I, it's on my to do list to catch up this week because I I've heard I heard that it's actually maybe worth watching more than just one episode.
0: Oh my god, I think it's gonna be hilarious, and I, I hope I hope he finds love. But I'm like, oh my god, this is funny.
1: <laughs> it doesn't help that they're also releasing like Bachelor in Paradise too. So now it's like two two Bachelor shows, and I, I wonder if they will like lose some viewers with like Bachelor in Paradise because everyone will be watching golden bachelor so we'll see i'm excited though i definitely need to catch up you you just reminded me i have to catch up on it um so i can actually before the next episode releases um
0: a couple of final questions um i know you you know you're dealing with a an injury but do you do you have a goal for chicago
1: Well, top goals to finish, um, at least finish strong. I initially had a goal of like 330, um, but now I am okay with any like 345 would be great. Like sub 345, um, the like, you know, goal C is, you know, like sub four hours. So really like, as I just want to be able to enjoy it and like finish strong. Um, And like, also just reminding myself to trust the training and knowing that like, it's, it's it's going to pay off even if I, I feel like I lost a month um, of training from just trying to rehab it and recover it. That like all these miles that we've been putting in should hopefully pay off um, like come race day. So sub three forty five is the goal. Is like the the general goal, but as close to three thirty as possible. And then if it doesn't happen, we'll we'll just you know do a whole other training cycle in the spring or next year and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I like the tiered goal idea. I think it's uh, I think it's a helpful tip for everybody because, you know, if you don't reach your top goal, at least you have other ways to reach goals during the race. And and it allows you, I think, to not completely just, you know, fall apart because you're like, hey, I'm still fighting for for such and such goal, even if it's not my top.
1: one. Right, right. Yeah, just kind of, you know, like having different expectations, depending on how the race goes. So yeah, we'll see. I think it will be nice eventually to, you know, get a Boston qualifying time. Um, But I also have to remind myself that I'm just like, it's still very, like new, even though it feels old, because I've been like technically running in general for a long time. I'm still like relatively new, like getting back into actually running and training seriously for races. And so giving myself a little bit of that grace, especially with this injury.
0: Um, another question: Since we you talked about food and trying new places, is there a place that you've tried recently that you would recommend?
1: Um, yes, and I, it's it's going to sound biased, but in Rogers Park there is now a Cambodian restaurant that if you haven't already tried it, um, it's called Kamai Fine Dining. I can send you information about it later, um, but it is it, it's on how it's on Howard, so right on the border on the uh, Chicago side, um, but it's a great. Uh, place that, you know, if you haven't tried Cambodian food, a great uh, place to try it. It's all, it's just also just really good comfort food. Um, and like they make it, they make it look all pretty and fancy, which is really nice, but I would recommend that if you haven't tried it yet.
0: Uh, I know where that is. It's, it's by, um, the cocktail bar, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's right I've, over there. Like there's like I've a long bar across there. the
0: street from it. Uh, okay. I wondered so, I, now, I wondered what it was now. I'm glad you said something because now I'll have to try it.
1: Yeah, You'll. Yeah, definitely try it. Let me you know how it is. It's really good. Their their menu has like it has been getting really um, expansive and like they're switching things up and kind of, you know, g- giving people, you know, whether you're Cambodian or not, just the ability to try the comfort food and like enjoy it. And it's just nice. I think sometimes people like don't necessarily want to try food that they haven't been familiarized with. And so being able to try it in a way that's like, you know, like it's easy to access the menu is easy to read the uh the staff there is wonderful and we'll be able to answer any questions that you have
0: um and then also i didn't get to ask this earlier because you know we've ha- we're we having a nice conversation about other things but uh, what are you know what have your parents thought about your running career from you know middle school through college and now you're you know running marathons
1: yeah um so for context i do have like i have an interesting relationship with my parents. Like we are not, you know, as close as I think what like society considers like parent, like parental and like uh, sibling or parent, parental and child relationships are just given like when you're battling like intergenerational trauma, like how, like how parenting looks or how relationships look, you know, can definitely vary. Um, I think they, they know that I, I enjoy running. They don't quite understand like why I enjoy running or like what, what it is that I'm doing exactly. But like in in their own ways, they've always, you know, shown support. It just has looked, you know, different throughout the years and like, you know, individually as well. Um, but I think for the most part, it's just like, they see it as something, um, that I, do, it's like, I think they understand to some extent, it's something that's also kind of helped me with my own mental health and like my own healing journey um, with, you know, everything that you know, our family has gone through. And so that's, that's been nice to at least have their support from afar in that way. But they like like most of my, my friends, and you know, who are non runners, they don't quite understand why I would enjoy running, you know, necessarily for fun, like all these distances, all these miles, like most people who are not runners do. But yeah,
0: all right. Um I, I think that's about all I have. I feel like this conversation could have been like two hours, but I know we've both got, <laughs> got yeah. to get to, to other things. So um is there anything you wanted to add?
1: Um nothing really about me, but I'd love to hear like, do you have a goal for Chicago?
0: My goal is to, to break 253. I think I think if I do that, that'll be a successful day. On a really good day, it's in the 250 range, but we'll see.
1: Okay. Okay. That's amazing. Well, I mean, hey, weather's looking good. You've been training really well. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, as as we've both seen, we've we've trained through some really bad weather. So a nice day. <laughs> it's looking it's looking pretty yeah, solid. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be a good day. Like I figured, either if we like, even if the race isn't like that, you know, our our truly our best. Which I think for you it will be. You have definitely put in all the miles and all the efforts. Like i this will be my first time running the Chicago Marathon, uh, second marathon overall, the first Chicago, and I feel like the energy is what's going to kind of carry us through the race. So I'm excited for that.
0: Oh, it's amazing! You're gonna love it. Now that now that I know this is your first time, it's it's gonna be such a great experience because you're gonna have so many like uh, the communities you've run with out there, you'll have fleet feet out there. You'll have, you know, friends and different areas and random people just, you know, pushing you through the finish.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited. All right.
0: Well, thanks for taking the time out of your morning to join me and I will probably see you Sunday morning or Wednesday. Are you doing the, the night workout Wednesday?
1: Not sure. Um, so I'll definitely see you Sunday. Um, But yeah, I'm not sure about Wednesday. But yeah, thanks so much for having me on here.
0: All righty. Thanks again and have a good rest of your day.
1: Thank you. You too. All
0: right. Bye. Laura, thank you for taking time out of your day to join me. I really appreciate it. Make sure to follow Laura's fitness slash running IG run to educate. And that's run the number two educate on Instagram. Don't be afraid to DM me a guest suggestion at keeping pace pod on Instagram. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.